Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful Wrestling Podcast. It is March 20th. We have Monday Night Raw to talk about. I just want to preface this, guys. There was some stuff that happened this weekend. The uh, photo video leaks, the page situation. Uh, we're going to keep that off the Raw and SmackDown show. We're going to talk about that on Wednesday afternoon show with Fightful.com owner Jimmy Van. That's that's a little more of a laid-back podcast, a little more free-flowing. Uh, so if you've ever wanted to watch a podcast with a guy who runs a wrestling site and the eccentric millionaire who made that happen, that's the show for you guys. And we're going to talk about that uh, in great detail because it's it's something I didn't originally want to cover. Because in my opinion, it's it's their business, but it's transferred through, and it's it's too big to ignore. Of course, we're gonna we're, we'll cover that on that show. So check that out if you want to hear about that. As always, subscribe to us, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. Leave us a thumbs up. That stuff really helps. Also on iTunes, leave us a nice review. I think every twenty five reviews, I'm gonna give away something like that Saint Mick beanie and the Rey Mysterio mask and all that stuff. I'm just going to give stuff away like every 25 reviews. It takes a couple seconds, head over there and do that. I am joined by Fightful.com associate editor Alex Pawlowski, who is no longer on Monday Night Raw coverage duties. So I can't say, hey, the guy who covers Raw, the guy who was there to cover Raw. Danielle Ortiz is doing that and she did a hell of a job, of course. She did. Alex, Alex, what's up, man? Uh, I feel rejuvenated, good sir, uh, not having to keep my eyes peeled on the TV and watch Raw all the time while furiously typing. I just I it's, feel it's like draining. I have a on life. It people, is. people don't understand. It is draining. And to be honest, I would rather have you around to cover articles for that. And see, the thing was, when I brought you one, I brought you one. So I would be able to cover the articles. But now we're both kind of going at it and with WrestleMania coming up. Okay. It's going to be Ooh. fast and furious. All hands on deck. Guys, if you all haven't seen the schedule for Fightful.com for WrestleMania week, uh, it's pretty crazy. I mean, we're covering 
everything. Thursday, we have the Matt Riddle broadcast, of course. We got Impact Live coverage that night, Evolve 80 Live coverage uh, at like 11 p.m. Joey Janela's Spring Break, which features Matt Riddle versus Dan Severn. What? <laughs> Friday, we have the Shane Helms podcast, of course, at noon, Progress Wrestling Live coverage at four, Evolve 81 Live coverage. We're going to have live discussion, WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, 9 p.m., Rampage versus King Mo. I decided to throw that on the schedule. Both men technically did compete in TNA Wrestling, so there you go. <laughs> Saturday at 8, WWN Super Show 2017 live coverage. Also, at that same time, we got NXT TakeOver Orlando coverage. We're doing a live podcast right after that. Myself, Alex, Anna. 11.55 p.m. Saturday night, Beyond Wrestling live coverage. Sunday, of course, WrestleMania live coverage. We're going to have that post open for you all day. So if you're a Discuss user, you come over there, you hang out, you have fun. That goes for all the shows I just mentioned. Come over there, be a part of our community. Of course, we have the post-WrestleMania podcast as well and your typical schedule Monday, Tuesday. MMA schedule staying stay the same. But, you know, I, I just don't feel right right now, Alex. I don't. Okay. What am I wearing? I get it. UK's in the final four. But, right. Oh, this ain't going to do – oh, it's your boy. <laughs> it's your boy. What's up? What's up? <laughs> As seen on TV. <laughs> on Monday Night Raw. Oh. All over the show. All over the damn show. It's your boy. Can you believe it? The your boyhood dream has come true. <laughs> uh, I I can't believe you just Hulk Hoganed a shirt into that shirt. It was pre-cut. That, that was pretty amazing. It was pre-cut. Yeah, well, <laughs> well I, I I didn't expect you to actually do it. It was a brand new shirt, but uh, but that was that was good. That was very good. I, I appreciate that. That's good. I mean, obviously you, you know. were. Representing your uh, Kentucky Wildcats colors with the, the Your Boy uh-huh. t-shirt. And uh, yeah. my Oregon Ducks also in the Sweet 16. The alma mater, got to represent. And uh, if if both Kentucky and Oregon make it to the Final Four, they will be in that game. So that would be kind of a uh, crazy thing between us, I think. Hey, guys, by the way, I wanted to drop this announcement on you since a bunch of you are here watching the Raw show. If you register at Fightful.com, obviously, for free, no credit card required, like a couple fields to fill out. Not only do you get early access to that Shane Helms and Matt Riddle podcast, but, by the way, this week we're talking about Shane Helms' WrestleMania experiences. Everything from working with Ric Flair, having a backstage segment with The Rock, to being left off of some of the shows, how he felt, what went through his mind. But I'm going to start doing uh, some podcasts here and there that may or may not have anything to do with wrestling, just some BS stuff, like I'll take some questions, anything you all want to talk about. Sometimes you all hit me up for some stories about old places I worked or people I've interviewed or just anything. But I'm going to do a show this Friday, and it's only going to be available to registered members of Fightful.com. It will never be made uh, public, so head over there. But we got raw. And to be honest, I thought Raw started off really, really hot. And like an hour and an hour and fifteen minutes in, I was like, "Damn, this is a good show." And it kind of fizzled out for me. Yeah, Raw uh, usually it may start out really great, but by the end of it, it can't help but collapse under its own weight. 
like a dying neutron star. Like it's just so massive that it can't support itself. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, there were some some good points and some bad points. Um, it, to, to the, this Raw, for me, was all about how they were going to get through it. Would they get through it without the show being entirely hijacked by smart Brooklyn fans who just want to get themselves over in the wake of this giant scandal, you know, or perceived giant scandal going on right now? So... <sighs> We're going to talk about this show at length. Uh, of course, guys, last show I'll do, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Ross app right now. That's where you can get the Ya Boy shirt. You can get Crack and Fight Team if you want to support my fight team. Catch Wrestling, Fightful shirts, of course. And, of course, visit Fightful.com. All your news, podcasts, interviews, all that good stuff, guys. We are the place to be. Hot in the streets. So this show, it kicked off with Mick Foley, and damn, was he on fire. He was on fire, Alex Palowski. He came out there, he read his index cards, gave his resignation, then flipped out. The last couple of weeks, we have seen a Mick Foley that I have wanted to see for so, so long. And they did a nice thing. Even though a lot of what came out of this was inconsequential and stupid and pointless, I did like, again, the weaving in and out of the storylines because they took Mick Foley – and he was woven in and out of Cesaro, of Sheamus, of the club, of Enzo and Cass, of Bailey, of Nia Jax, Triple H, all of it. I was a big fan of that. But uh, before we get into that, what do you think about Foley on the mic and Stephanie on the mic? Also unbelievable, in my opinion. No, I, I uh, really did enjoy it. That was exactly the kind of thing we were looking for from Mick Foley this whole time is for somebody to be – you know, a check and balance to Steph. There was a time for too long right after they started together that, uh, that he, they were chummy and working on the same page. And uh, it was just a weird thing where it was doing the Stephanie trying to be a baby face gag. And so therefore Mick had to be on her side, but then she would turn on a whim and become a heel, but he'd still be on her side. It was just very odd. This was the Foley I think we were looking for the whole time. And uh, after Stephanie McMahon comes out and fires him in the, in the vein of her father, uh, that was a Sami Zayn that I was looking for for a long time. A Sami Zayn with a lot of fire, really, really good on the mic, uh, sticking up for what's right, being the last true baby face. Uh, and I, I really liked what they did with him. I mean, I don't know. You, you hear all these rumors about how now that Seth Rollins is going to come back and Jericho's he, his baby face now, they don't need Sami, so he's going to drop down the card. He's doing the best stuff of his career on on the main roster right now, as far as like the, the talking and being this kind of a guy. And I'd hate to see him get marginalized entirely. So he's having two minute matches with Jinder Mahal every week. Sami Zayn shows up and stands up for Foley, and Foley doesn't want him involved. He's he's playing the unselfish role, and I thought this was a good look for Foley as well, and a good look for Sami Zayn because he is that sympathetic guy. Foley is leaving Raw after well, – we'll we'll, I'll go ahead and talk about this. Joe comes out and the match is set, but I want to fast forward a little bit. Foley, as he's leaving, runs into Sheamus and Cesaro. I thought this was phenomenal continuity because those two guys aren't together if it's not for the constant urging of Mick Foley to make them realize their potential, and now they are in a tag team title match at WrestleMania. This was great continuity. Uh, 
he embraces them, embraces Bailey, and then Triple H taunts him with the have a nice day. Also more great continuity to the degree of this is a 20-year feud. Yep. They've, I, I mean, I'm sure at times they've gotten along here and there, but pretty consistently they have always just not liked each other. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought this whole segment was great. Uh, you know, we'll get to it. I mean, uh, not to spoil anything if you're just getting your recap from this podcast, but Sammy does lose his match with Samoa Joe. I know you're all shocked to hear that. Anyway, he's talking to Sammy backstage and says, you know, thanks for sticking up for me, but that was kind of foolish of you. I mean, but I appreciate it. Hold down the fort while I'm gone, kid. And then he does the thing with Seamus and Cesaro. And between Seamus and Cesaro and Bailey, there's this wonderfully awkward half handshake thing with TJ Perkins and a couple of the uh, never on TV uh, cruiserweight guys. Mustafa Ali, who should be on TV more often, and Lindsay Dorado, is like, hey, good job, guys. See ya. It was just <laughs> like a weird, like, cursory goodbye to the, yeah. to the entire cruiserweight division as represented by TJ Perkins. Uh, but I, I love the have a nice day thing with, with Triple H was so perfect it was spot on and i also loved that this was this was over and done with by by uh you know the half hour point of the night mick foley's gone we don't have to worry about him anymore he's out of the picture uh so we have to get the chance to now stephanie takes over the narrative and carries it through the rest of the night it's really good writing on their part there yeah i thought that the first 40 minutes were just a phenomenal way to spend 40 minutes commercials included like you got the opening segment you got joe versus Sami Zayn, which i'll talk about now and then that segment so I want to particularly compliment Sami Zayn because there were so many times I'd have these arguments with Vince Russo when we would do shows, and he would say, when these guys dive to the outside, it doesn't make sense. And he wasn't wrong. A lot of times it didn't make sense. Why are you doing that if, if mm-hmm. you don't have to? Last week, Sami Zayn did it to take out two really big guys when he needed an advantage. This week, he did it to catch Samoa Joe off guard because he knew – that he had to bring the heat immediately. So he psychologically, he does this to where it makes sense. Samoa Joe, when he does it, it just makes sense because he's a big badass dude that can do it, and he squishes you like a bug. If he lands it, you're, you're, you're cooked. This was an awesome pay-per-view quality match. This was great stuff, Alex. Yeah, this was really great. One thing that I love is where you find the perfect cohesion of – of guy who has one signature or finisher move that can be easily countered into another guy's signature or finisher move. So Sammy gets the haluva kick going and runs directly into the corner into Samoa Joe. And one of the things Samoa Joe always does is catch a guy running at him in the corner with a urinagi. So like that was a perfect confluence of events there that allowed that to be very believable in the storytelling. That was the turn of the match right there. And then you lay in the coquina clutch, and nobody sells the coquina clutch like Sami Zayn. Like he's out there just wimply, just weakly tapping his own wrist to tap out. He's, he's so good. I, I, I love it. Uh, like I keep saying, if they really wanted to do this, if they really paid attention to this and just had Sammy always fight the good fight, but never come out on top. And when he finally does, if they do this right, there could be a pop that would tear the building in half wherever they're doing it because the fans love him, but they understand that, you know, oh, Sammy, you tried. You know what I mean? That's basically his thing. He always is fighting uh, from, from beneath, but he's always fighting the good fight. And, I, and I, uh, I really love the way they're doing him and Samoa Joe. I hope both of them have something to do at Mania besides just be in the on the joint Memorial Battle Royal. Memorial Battle Royal but, <laughs> yeah. Andre the Joint Memorial Boyle. Yep. 
that that thing sounds like a chili cook-off. <laughs> oh, I think I called him Andre the Short, which would be funny. So yeah, I don't know what's going to go on there. Uh, hard to say. You would because Finn Balor's still hanging around somewhere. I mean, oh. WWE's Instagram. He's all over WWE's Instagram. So yeah, yeah. They they, they got him. They got him wrestling house show matches against Hard Body Mahal. They're starting him off slow. Hard I guess. Body Mahal's putting the paint on him in those matches too. <laughs> That's true. That's Painting true. up his back and stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah, this was this was an outstanding match. I really liked it. I'm okay with Sami Zayn losing a lot. I mean, he that's his whole character. Whole he is the underdog. If, if that is the story you're telling, then absolutely. Yeah. Like as long as you get to a point where he overcomes that at that at some point, it's going to be great. If he just keeps losing and losing and losing and losing and losing, then you know, if we never get anywhere, that's not good. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. We had. Charlotte versus Dana Brooke. Now I got the real, the real highlight of this match. And it's right here for you video viewers. Look at that right there. It's the your boy shirt. It's on display. <laughs> the legend. The German the le- Daniel showcasing that bad boy. The legend. Yeah, hey, you, those of you listening on audio, you got to check out the video of that. It, it's beautiful. So, I mean, this was for Charlotte to get her heat back. And it's it's a real shame that a week after Dana Brooke got Dana Chance, the only person they cared about in this match was Paige. Yeah, well. I mean, they didn't chant for Seth Rollins. They've seen his wiener, too. That's true. That's true. Um, uh, Sean, did you see Dana Brooke's post on Instagram from today? I didn't. Okay, this is it's – a, it's a picture of her I hope it said I'm going back to NXT. No, it's, it says, it says, I'll give you credit for helping me develop my wrestling skills, Charlotte. I'm disappointed in myself for interfering in matches that you would have lost if not for me. One thing I never wanted to be is that cheating champion that I helped you become. WWE fans deserve better. And from this day forward, win or lose, I will give the WWE fans all my blood, sweat, and tears in every match I'm involved in. Is that not the biggest baby face thing you've ever heard? That sounded like, like Damian Sandow's promo after he stopped being Miz now. I know. It's, I'll, I'll come out here, I'll give you 100%, and I will entertain you. Well, how long did that last? Right, and just the idea of, like, she blames herself for cheating in all those matches with Charlotte, not seeing through Charlotte for the bad, bad person that she was. And then she comes out and loses immediately. Like, I, I mean, she, she, gave, it, she gave, it, gave it her all, like she said she was going to. But, I mean, if this is it, that was, that her, her baby face turned, that Instagram post, and this match where she lost to a big boot, Das Vidanya. She should really really go back to NXT because there are, uh, there are several girls down there that could and should be called up. Oscar's not going to be one of them. There, there have never, never been plans. I'm telling you guys, never been plans for Oscar to be called up at any point. Right. Like not even in their minds. Like that's well, not, that's not what she's there. If NXT is truly signing the stardom, uh, champion, uh, Io Shirai and, uh, Kyrie, uh, Hojo, I believe, they should create a Japanese heel faction that just runs roughshod over everybody down there until, you know, it's just Ember Moon against those crazy three Joshi 
<laughs> nut jobs. Yeah. That would be amazing. You know, you know what? I would love to see them bring in Manami Toyota for a takeover match before she retires yeah. this year. Just cool. to do it, and that also gives them an excuse to induct her into the WWE Hall of Fame at some point. Nice. I think that would be a really, really good thing to do. Now, I don't know if she has any interest in doing so, but you got Nikki Cross, you got Peyton Royce. Both of those would be better off in on the main roster than Dana Brooke. And they should, they should send Dana Brooke down, turn Liv Morgan heel, and have Dana Brooke be your heater. I, don't, I haven't seen enough of Liv Morgan to. She's actually fairly, fairly Judge decent it. on the mic. She's just tiny. And if you have somebody, yeah. a bruiser like Dana Brooke, wandering around being her muscle, that could be fun. I don't know. Yeah. Something besides what they're doing with her now, you know? Sure. Which, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen when Emma comes back either. So That's true. that might all, that all, all might be a moot point because, hey, if Dana Brooke is Emma's heater, I might be okay with that too. Yeah. Bailey backstage guilt trip Stephanie for being evil. This was the most Bailey thing, and I really liked it. She's like, you're evil. You're mean. Mister, how dare you, <laughs> sir? Stephanie responds by giving Nia Jax a shot at getting in the WrestleMania title match with a no DQ. Stephanie also isn't happy that Sheamus and Cesaro are getting along like peas and carrots, which Cesaro says he's the carrot. <laughs> it's true, That's so you know? stupid. I loved it. She books a two on four handicap match. Later in the show, we get a new day pre tape. That's a good call. That was a great call. Oh man, that was that was very fortuitous. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I'll talk about possible disciplinary stuff on that Wednesday show because I'm still talking to people, guys, and I have talked to people about this. And there, there are some snags. We get an Emelina vignette. I would have loved for her to show up as one of the available SmackDown women mm. and just win the damn SmackDown title. That'd be fun. But Raw needs more women on the roster. They, they do. do. They do. That's the, the thing about it is that now they have uh, Bailey and Sasha, babyface turning heel, and now brand new Damon or Brooke babyface. They're really running out on shore on that thing. And then they're bringing in Emma, who's evil Emma can only be evil Emma. So that'll be interesting to see where they go with the alignments of everybody. Also, uh, Squared Circle Sirens reports that Summer Rae is training for her return. She was actually training with Emma, so uh, go check out their report on that as well. So, in short order, if they wanted an influx, they could have it with Emma, Summer Rae, Alicia Fox. Now, these are all talent who aren't at the tip top, but some rehabbing can be done. Mm-hmm. The thing is, like, do one of those three girls beat one of those top girls? It's It's hard to imagine that, but anything can happen. And here's the thing. I don't know about Summer Rae in particular, and she's got a lot of fans. I'm going to get a lot of flack. She's the one I would worry about hanging with them in the ring. I won't, I don't worry about Emma. Maybe I do after it's been so long, but Alicia Fox can at least keep pace. Mm-hmm. Plus she has the best tilt to world backbreaker in wrestling. Maybe this side of Del Rio. Del Rio's got a good one. Also throughout the show, we get some great Goldberg versus Brock videos. Yes. We These do. They're awesome. No, it's 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 great. This is the whole thing is that uh it to me it felt odd that they that they still think they need to sell us on this if they're also so gung ho about it being the top match on the card. Um I I I mean it is what it is, you know what I mean? Like I I did a, a tongue in cheek piece today that uh it's possible that Goldberg may be sticking around after WrestleMania and the world is black and cold. But I mean like 
I don't want to see Goldberg wrestle one second more than will take him to lose the title at Mania. But he's the most over guy in every arena they go to, and so there you go. I wonder how long that lasts. But, you know, if the, the fact that he's a nostalgia act and, and a special attraction by his very nature, eventually people will kind of get tired of it. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how all of that goes. But, uh, I, I mean, those were great video uh, packages. I'll, I'll say that, absolutely. But I personally am no more interested in seeing that match now than I was at the beginning of the show. Yeah, I love the way that this was built up with these videos. I thought it was awesome. And you really forget about how much stuff has happened in their feud until they, they, they do that. So, hey, that's pretty neat. I wish, they, I wish they would do it more. I really do. Talk is Jericho is the name of the next segment, even though it was actually a highlight reel. He shows us the real Kevin Owens, and this was good stuff. Yeah, he shows Kevin Owens in a Y2J shirt at 16 years old. Right, and he, yep. 16-year-old Kevin Owens, appropriately has his Draws toy front and center on his TV. I applaud you, Kevin Owens. I was a Draws fan. Yeah, and then Chris Jericho shows a screenshot. Oh, well, not a screenshot. A rundown of a Twitter conversation they had over DM in 2014 when. Kevin Owens first got signed where Kevin Owens is asking for advice. He says he didn't want to piss anybody off. And Jericho gives him some advice. And Jericho cuts this awesome promo about how Owens isn't going to be able to cut it with him in the ring because as soon as the bright lights hit Kevin Owens, he's going to turn into a fan. And he says that he is the fan of Jericho. He's marking out, man. Mm -hmm. I like this. I like this from a psychological standpoint. I like it from where you insert that doubt in like, well, okay, can Kevin Owens get it done? This is more of the stuff that I wish would be taken from, from MMA because, by the way, guys, I announced this the other day. I'll be doing uh, play-by-play announcing for Premier MMA Championships, which will air on Flow Combat. I'll be doing that May 26th, and I can't count the number of times. I've sat there, and I've seen a fighter look confident all the way to the cage, then when he gets in the cage and you get a ring announcer like Rick Toms and he's saying your name and he goes, and in this corner, Alex Pawlowski and the kid shits his pants. He realizes, uh-oh, it's on. Or, uh-oh, this is the title fight. This is what I came for. Boom, they're done. I like that type of, that type of doubt being inserted into this storyline. What would you think of the promo first off? Uh. I thought it was interesting to have that picture of, of Kevin Owens at 16 years old wearing the Y2J shirt poster of Jericho in the back. Um, and I thought it was really cool to see how, how he asked for Jericho for advice when he was first starting out in WWE. That's all cool. What I didn't like was the framing of it as though this guy's just a fan. Wait, aren't you the good – aren't you – this guy was a fan of yours, and you're talking to all fans of yours and saying he's a nerd for being a fan of yours. So aren't you therefore calling all of these people who, who, who chant, you know, uh, Y2J, aren't you all calling them nerds too? Like, that was kind of They weird. are. Come on. Well, yeah, but I, I, I guess. We're all like, nerds to a degree. The whole thing is like, that's, that's what, you know, like the heel says to, to a guy who's cheering him, like a bunch of nerds, a bunch of marks cheering for me. You don't even know. Or whatever. It just felt kind of weird that he would say, get a load of this guy. What a dweeb. He likes me. 
that's kind of a weird thing to say, but uh, I, I think it's kind of funny. Yeah, it is kind of funny, but I, 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 I've got I a did, demented sense of humor too. Right. What, what I, what I did love was, uh, was what happened at the end where, uh, I mean, Samoa Joe distracts uh, Jericho and Owens uh, ambushes him from behind. Papa power bombs him, takes all the pages off of the list of Jericho, tears them all up, puts one in his mouth, chews it up and spits it at Jericho and then does the same pose that he did in that, uh, in that, in that picture. He never says one word. Kevin Owens is an amazing promo, but you get him out there and he can do that and completely turn the whole thing on a head. Never has to open his mouth and say a damn thing. He opens his mouth, puts paper in it, but he never has to open his mouth and say anything. He just, he just goes out there and does that. And that was great. That was great. I mean, we didn't get to see either of those guys have a match tonight, two weeks out of WrestleMania. Didn't get to see him do really much of anything. But that, that's enough. That, that much of the feud to next week. Now we'll see what happens next week. But, uh, but this, is one, this is, might be the match I am most looking forward to on the Mania card. We need a trigger to Alex, I'm sure. <laughs> That'd be fun. Who knows if they'll sell? Who knows if they'll sell? But we need one. Just the option. Would you guys buy a Triggered Alex shirt? You all can head over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Ross and buy your Fightful and your boy shirts. Go get them, guys. They're so soft. They're so soft. So uh, Samoa Joe calls the distraction here. I like that he's often pulling double duty, helping Kevin Owens clean up messes, helping Triple H do stuff. I think it's pretty neat. I thought for sure we were getting Paige Chance during this Brian Kendrick TJ Perkins match, but alas, the match was too short for them to do it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> man. Nerds. Oh, man. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, Perkins starts out like fast, furious, high flying. This was really your get your shit in <laughs> type of thing. He was like body press over the ropes, body press outside, body press off the top rope, off the sliced bread pin. Now, here was the thing. Perkins almost gets run to the ref, and he has to turn around for what seems like an eternity and pretend like he's, like, distracted by the ref. Keep in mind, he knows that his opponent is not taken out. Yeah. Yep. And it was, it, it was probably, like, five or six seconds, but it felt like four minutes. It felt way too long. Uh, it was one of those things of just baby faces being stupid. Uh, and then, you know, Kendrick uh, – you know, oh, that, that wily Kendrick, you know, attacks him from behind and puts him in sliced bread number two um, and then proceeds to cut one of the weirdest promos I God. think I've ever seen he's, where he says... He stole the guy's passport. He says, a zero, a zero Takawa, a uh, zero Okawa, Okinawa Jones, you, sir, are stupid. And watch I me mean, struggle to get this thing out of my inside pocket of my jacket and what's this it's a passport he can't get to the arena tonight because he can't get into the country because i have his passport but she just left flying around in the, in the locker room and that's that's why i have his passport which a is illegal to steal somebody's passport and b i want to know how akira tozawa got out of the country without a passport so that now he can't get back into the country because he doesn't have a passport explain how, that to me how is my audio right now it's very fuzzy. You sound like a robot or something. Okay, you, you carry the next segment then, which is <laughs> Nia Jax versus Bailey. Okay. 
All right, so so yeah, okay. Nia Jax uh, versus Bailey uh, for a spot in the WrestleMania Women's Title match. Um, this is just. Have you guys seen Chuck Norris lately? He's still kicking butt, staying active, well into his eighties. What's even more shocking is he looked more jacked than ever. And seems to have more energy than guys half his age. And it's all thanks to Morning Kick. A revolutionary new daily drink from Roundhouse Provisions. That combines ultra potent greens. Like spirulina and kale with probiotics, prebiotics, collagen and even ashwagandha. Just mix it with water, stir and enjoy. Unlike the other green drinks out there. This one tastes exactly like strawberry lemonade. Has hundreds of five star reviews. I love the taste of this. I love the way that I feel after drinking it. I've never felt better. My digestion is smoother. Body looks leaner. I have energy all day. I just feel younger. And the flavor is so much better than other green drinks. Go to roundhouseprovisions.com slash Fightful for up to 44% off your regular priced order. Every purchase is packed with a 90-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to experience smoother digestion, boost of energy, and overall a healthier body, go to roundhouseprovisions.com slash Fightful today. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Just your standard Bailey and Nia Jax match, uh, which is, is can be fine sometimes. There's a lot of good stuff. I love Nia Jax's grab him by the hair and swing him around, banging him into the barricade thing. That's great. But the crowd did not like this match. Um, I feel like it was also kind of, you know, predetermined. Uh, I feel like you're not going to have this match and not have the stipulation come out so that Nia Jax is in the title match. Uh, so it's kind of like a, well, we're just, we're waiting for this thing to be over. However, I will say Nia Jax wins the match with one of the most brutal and effective looking Samoan drops I've ever seen. Like, Bailey kind of slid down to, like, around her shoulder blades. So when she dropped on her, it looked like it really hurt. And I'll take that anytime when When Nia Jax uses her weight as an effective weapon in a match like this, usually she pulls her punches and pulls her running splashes in the corner. This really looked like it hurt. And so that's good. You're muted. Yeah, I can't hear you at all. All right, so let's just keep keep on going. <laughs> um, uh, I wanted. Oh, you're back. Am I clear? You're totally clear. Hell yeah! Fantastic. Suck it, Google. <laughs> Suck it, Google. Your boy. Hey, no. people keep telling me upgrade my equipment. Sons, <laughs> I got a Blue Yeti mic <laughs> and a 50 Mbps connection. I got a brand new two-monitor setup and a very nice webcam. It ain't on me. Blame Google because I don't have this trouble on uh, Skype. I don't have this trouble anywhere but Google. Tweet at Google because I think we're about to get an SRS SOS. That's a Sean Ross Sapp slap on site (laughs) if I see Google. 
If I see like their mascot running down the road, mm. Mm. shame, shame. Glad, glad that my audio is fixed here. Well, yes, yeah, so I did want. I did want to mention one thing about this about this Bailey Nia Jax match. They announce it sure. to be uh, no DQ, and then they're showing Sasha in one room, Charlotte in another room, watching separate televisions, looking looking like man. I really hope Nia Jax doesn't win this match because that's somebody else I'm going to have to deal with to get the title. But it's a no DQ match. Both of them should have gone down and beaten the crap out of Nia Jax and allowed Daly to get the pin. So they maybe, but but maybe they see her as somebody who can soften up everybody else, and they you never know what their strategy could be in that situation. Right. But but the whole thing is they the the, the commentators kept saying. Both Charlotte and Sasha really don't want to see Nia Jax win this thing. Oh, okay. By the way, yeah, it's stupid. a no-DQ match. But Sasha did smile. Going. Sasha did cut a little smile at the end there, though. She did. She did. We get more CM Punk chants. Uh, there are some real winners here. We got CM Punk chants in the first segment, too, oh, which was a geez. really good segment. So people will tell me, oh, well, they chant when they're bored. They chant when there's a bad segment. No, they chant because they're dickweeds. Yeah. Dickweeds. There was a, a cool ragdoll spot from Nia Jax here that you talked about. Bailey always finds some like unique little spots in her match. Nothing major, but it's like little things that I haven't seen before, and I, I appreciate that because when I watch wrestling, if somebody can show me something that makes sense but I've never seen it before or rarely, I think that's kind of cool. Right. Nia holds a chair up to her face yeah. waiting for uh, Bailey to kick it. Uh, What's up with that? Also, that wrestlers have to stop. Go that ahead. was the only spot that, that in, involved a no-DQ in, in, any, in any point. Everything else could have happened in a regular singles match, pretty much. You know, just the idea of, well, let's have a no-DQ match, never have anyone interfere, and the only thing involved uh, no-DQ is somebody puts up a chair and gets hit in their own face with it. That was stupid. So um, I've been told that the New Day segment on WWE's YouTube has the comments disabled. <laughs> oh. As it should. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it should. You think that's a good move? Well, I mean, yeah, yes. I mean, I, I, I don't – I mean, you could – you know, here's the thing. You could leave it open for 10 minutes and see what happens. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. But- see, I don't want to encourage wild stuff like that because in our YouTube chat, I'm the wildest person in there. Right. It doesn't get any crazier than the stuff that I say. That's right. So, because, uh, I mean, by now, most of our trolls are blocked. I'd say WrestleMania night, old Kyler, maybe, yeah. uh, well, Issa won't be around. Issa was at the event tonight. By the yeah. way, WWE blogger diva, demon diva, whatever you want to call her, she'll be joining me on one of these members-only shows sometime. Because I know you all love her. We're, we're getting her on the show as well. Yeah, I think I think not having those comments is a good idea. YouTube's the worst. Oh, they are. You, short of maybe 4chan, they're probably the worst. One thing I, I about this Nia Jax match, wrestlers need to stop posting their hands before kickouts because they telegraph it when at a half count, they already have their hand posted on somebody's jaw mm-hmm. ready yeah. to kick out. You could see it a lot with like roll-up pins. Like Neville will get rolled up, and he'll be waiting to hear. You can watch him hearing for the count ready to kick out. Like, just kick out. Right. Go ahead and kick out, man. I guess Bailey is technically in the same kind of a match Alexa is. She is defending against all available Raw women superstars. 
unless all three of them. Uh, unless they they decide that Dana Brooke is uh, technically a Raw Women's Superstar now. But uh, yeah, I, I don't want to see her in that match. Don't make it a fatal fatal five way, please. <laughs> By the way, if my audio ever goes bad, Alex, tell me. Oh yeah, no, I, I, I it it started and I was like, is it? I couldn't I couldn't tell. And then I was like, I mean, don't just like, sit okay. there while I'm sounding like Daft Punk singing Robot Rock. Like, let me know. <laughs> I will from now on. Yeah, I, I can't hear that. Triple Honestly, H. I didn't, know, uh, I didn't know if it was just me in my earphones, so I didn't want to like halt the podcast. And I've got no I snare. Knew. I have no snare in my headphones. Triple H comes out, and I love the way it's set up with with Michael Cole interviewing him. This is something I've mentioned many, many times. Have an interviewer out there to say, why did this happen? What do you think about this? That way it just doesn't seem like some dipshit out there with a microphone saying, hey, guys, I don't like this guy. Have them prompted to say this stuff. Seth Rollins says he wants a match with me at WrestleMania, but I don't think he really does. So I'm going to tell you about it right now. No, that's that's much better with uh, an interviewer in the in the ring. Yeah, he blames the fans for the shape that Foley and Rollins are in. I thought that was really great. And anytime they would make noise and chant, he would be like, "See, it's your fault." He offers Rollins two comp tickets, then challenges Rollins to sign a waiver so they can fight, so he won't get sued. I had a lot of people immediately go, well, why can't Daniel Bryan? Alex, I'll, I'll let you take the floor on this one. I'll let you go ahead and I'll, I'll let you. Yeah, no, listen. Okay. Before I do. So I understand their complaints in kayfabe. However, this is not kayfabe. Like Daniel Bryan, like according to the WWE's doctors, has a lesion on his brain. Like, like he's there's a very big danger that he could have serious brain trauma if he wrestles ever again. He had seizures. Is, yeah, this is a storyline injury that they're that they're trying like that they're getting through. You know, uh, I love the idea of a you know non-sanctioned match. You know that you know sign this waiver that way if you get crippled for life we're not liable, which is which is fine. But to me, I understand when you people come come at you with continuity issues because. If this match exists, if you can just have somebody sign a non, then why isn't anybody who's who says, I'm sorry, you're not cleared to compete. It's like, hey, you know what? I'll sign a waiver. Let's do this right now. Once you've introduced this as an option, now you've opened up a huge Pandora's box where anyone who's ever injured can just say, oh, I'll sign a waiver right now. Let's get this thing done. But you're not going to do that because you're only going to use it in this storyline which is which is how I can get it to that point, but not with Daniel Bryan. I, I would not I would like to see them like kind of write that off after this. Say we're not doing that anymore. That was too chaotic. Yeah, yeah. Does Finn Balor get involved in this non-sanctioned match at WrestleMania? God, I don't know what they're. To me, it feels like he's not coming back until the Raw after Mania. Like yeah. if they're, I maybe I don't know. I mean, it, it's a very odd thing to have him. Why would you have him interfere on Seth's behalf? You know, or does he turn heel and interfere on Triple H's behalf? Because he still blames Seth Rollins for what happens to him. Did you get a, a heel Finn Balor coming back from the thing? Which to me seems weird because because kids are just waiting to buy all that Finn Balor merch. You know what I mean? So like it's it's a weird thing to like have him come back and turn heel. So I don't know what you do with him in this particular case. Uh, I'd rather see him, you know, come back after Mania with a fresh, a, a fresh suit. Somebody was talking about um, 
uh, fresh slate. Somebody was talking about uh, the whole rumored AJ Styles to, to Raw thing. And if you could actually get AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and Gallows and Anderson just running shit over on Raw. Like, what a, what a great see, thing that would be great. Did you see the preview of Ride Along? <laughs> I did. I did. With I love Anderson and Gallows and cardboard cutouts of Balor and Styles in the back. That was That looks yeah. great. I can't wait to watch that. Those guys should have their own show. Are we going to talk about uh, uh, Southpaw Regional Wrestling here at the end of the show? We, <laughs> oh, of course we are. Demon Diva, who was at the show, is now in the chat. Welcome her. She's going to be on the uh, the members-only show, hopefully hopefully this Friday, if we can make it work. We'll talk a little World Baseball Classic. I want to know what the hell her fascination is with it. Cesaro defeated Enzo Cass, Gallows, and Anderson. Oh, Great. The highlight of this is Corey Graves and his, his amazement that Enzo didn't reference Notorious B.I.G. in Brooklyn. That was that was funny. The club, Enzo, and Cass take each other out immediately. Sheamus hits a brogue kick. Okay. Cool. Listen. Listen. The only reason this match is even going to be a triple threat to begin with was because Gallows and Anderson decided, hey, uh, if, if the two guys who are fighting over the number one contendership, if there's no actual finish, then there's nobody for us to wrestle at Mania, and that means we win, right? And of course not. You disqualified them, so they're going to put both of them in the match. This time, all they had to do was work with Enzo and Cass for five minutes, and they could get Sheamus and Cesaro out of the match, and they could, in their minds, beat the crap out of Enzo for 10 minutes and then pin him. I made him. But nope, they had to get involved in this thing and, and make their chances worse. And These guys are veteran tag team wrestlers who have won championships all over the world. I only know that because you've told me that WWE every damn week. Why are they so stupid? They can't figure out how, like how to make things better for themselves as wrestlers, you know, how to, how to, how to make the odds better for them in the match that they would, uh, was when, when, when Enzo and Cash were walking down to the ring, I was like, how are, uh, Gallows and Anderson going to screw themselves out of having just a single singles match, uh, a tag team match at uh, at Mania, and then they did. Then they did. Didn't make a damn bit of sense. Mm-mm. This was literally the only thing that they did on Raw, and it was the third best thing they did on WWE <laughs> programming this week. So I mean, do the math on that one. Austin Aries defeated Tony Nese. Now, I, I was asked why, and, and I hadn't even thought about this, I was asked why Austin Aries hadn't been getting any showcase matches. And I texted someone about it, and they said, well, they're having him knock the ring rust off. That was a concern going into WrestleMania. So that's why he's not having, like, quick one-hit quit matches on Raw. This was fine. Match was solid. Aries picks up a win, but the Discus Five Arm is a dumbass name for a finishing It move. really is. It's, it's uh... It's. I'm already. I'm already over it. I'm already done with it. Um, I. I would. I would. Lo- Here's the thing. Um, uh, it's the same basic move that uh, that Cassius Ono, Chris Hero does, uh, and he. It's the rolling elbow, but he's so angry when people call it the roaring elbow. So I think that Austin Aries should insist on calling his move the roaring elbow, just to like create a feud for the future between him and, and uh, Cassius Ono over who gets to use the move. Sure. Discus five arm is stupid. It's just stupid. Very dumb. Um, 
but uh, this was this the first match Aries had in WWE on the main roster was on 205 Live against Tony Nese, and that match was better than this match. Um, it just it just it was uh, it was a weird way of like having him wrestle the same guy twice in three matches, and um, and this one it's on a much for a much bigger audience uh, wasn't as good as the first one, and I it was kind of a weird thing when he came out. I was like, well, who are they going to put him up against? It won't be Tony Nese because he already oh, there's Tony Nese. It was kind of a weird thing. I don't know why they have to have him do that over and over again. Aries has a pretty decent British accent. Now, as yeah. as a stage actor, as yeah. a guy who's been through your fair share, yeah. rate yeah. it for me out of ten. Oh no, it's good. I would have to le- listen to him do it, do more things because all I had him say was "King of the Cruiserweights," which anyone can do because that's I just did it. But the, the that's a very good. It's a, you it's say a, that, but you are trained. That's true. Um, I assume that everybody can write a standard 250-word news article. They can't. Right. Um, I will say that because it is the thing that Neville says the most, if you just listen to his promos over and over again, you can kind of get an ear for the way he says cruiserweights, and then you just kind of just, you know, imitate that. Uh, Aries is a, is, a, is a really good promo. Uh, usually the guys like that have a good ear for the way things sound. Uh, on a scale of 10, I would say just hearing him say three words or four words, I'd say at least a seven and a half. Hey, guys, head over to Fightful.com. Check out our sidebar. The newest episode of Most Ridiculous with Anna Bauer is out, including a new balls report. She is also on our SmackDown post shows from here on forward. I did that because that show kind of ends a little earlier. We don't have as much to talk about. So I wanted to add a third person to, to the mix. But uh, – Hopefully we don't have technical errors tomorrow. I'm almost <laughs> counting on it, but you know, Google you guys, Google you guys. Um, Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. I had a feeling Braun Strowman was not going to lose here. He did not lose. He did not technically lose. <laughs> Your boy shirt is all over TV. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Ross Somebody was under the ring. I gave little hints, guys. I was like, is Hornswoggle booked for this show? <laughs> Herpy derp. I wanted Braun to destroy that dumbass vest so much. <laughs> Me too. This was not as good as their fast lane match, Alex. No, but it, um, I didn't expect it to be. Uh, it's, I mean, the fast lane match was a damn classic. Like, it was great. A damn hoss fight. Like, it was really, really good. Loved it. I didn't like the way the, the ending was booked, but I loved the match. This was standard Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns fair. There was one spot, though, that I have retweeted uh, where, Roman, where Roman goes for a drive-by and Strowman meets him with a clothesline that just takes everything out of his lungs. Like, that was awesome. And it, it was real. Like, you could tell that Strowman got up from it, the right spot. It didn't, Roman didn't have to alter what he was doing with the drive-by in order to take that move. It was, that was really, really well done. Um, and then, you know, we get to the point where, you know, Roman's throwing Superman punches. He did, he got popped up into his own Superman punch, which was kind of a weird thing. Uh, but, you know, Braun's down and he's ready to get ooh-odd. And, uh, and then Undertaker's dong hits, and Taker shows up, and he and Roman Reigns look at each other for a while, and then he choke slams Braun Strowman for no reason. 
And then is that dawn of the week? Yeah, it could be. Well, it's been a lot I, this week. Yeah, uh, yeah. He he chokes Sam's Braun for no reason, and then turns around to a spear by Roman, and Roman gets to stand tall at the end of the night. And I feel like that's the worst way you could do that. Like, like to 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 have to. I mean, I guess what you're doing is showing that Undertaker's strong by having him choke slam Braun. But after Braun, after Braun like backed away and said, "You know what? You can totally have Roman. That's cool. I have respect for you." To then turn around and choke slam the dude for no reason just to prove yourself, it's kind of a dick move, Taker. Like, you, are you going back to like dick kicking guys too? Like, is that your next move to go back and to turn that <laughs> well, to, I mean, that to your been repertoire? Well established lately that <laughs> yeah, over the past few years, <laughs> Taker does what's best for Taker. That's true. Uh, and then, but it was just weird to see take, Taker take that spear bump. Like yeah, that's, to have him have to do that now, two weeks out of Mania, when the dude is just—he looks to be in bad shape as far as like his joints and stuff. To have him have to take that move now, and not in that match, when I'm assuming he's going to take at least one. You know what I mean? It feels like you're just you're you're taking taking bumps off of his bump card where they don't need to be. Um, it was just a, an well, odd I mean, I, you got to build it, and I, I liked it. And I really liked how Reigns was completely dismissive of Undertaker earlier in the night. Like, I don't care about the Undertaker. I'll care about the Undertaker when I'm beating him. I like it. I like it. Hey, that's the direction I want to go. This is all great. This is the stuff that the guy says ahead of time. And then he gets his comeuppance in the match. And that's where I don't think we're going to get that. Because you can say, oh, I have no respect for The Undertaker. I don't even think about him except when I'm picturing him lying flat on his back. Like, that is the kind of stuff that the guy says traditionally for 40 years. The guy says that leading up into the match at, at, at the big event. And then at the big event, he gets his comeuppance. But I don't think we're going to see that happen. And that's what I'm worried about, is that you're going to prove him right. To have Roman Reigns come out and say... The Undertaker's old, and I don't care about him, and I'm not impressed with The Undertaker, and then have a match with The Undertaker and be proven right in all the things he says about The Undertaker, that I'm not okay with. But I'm projecting. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but if it does, I will not be pleased. We still – it's two weeks left, and we don't know what Samoa Joe, Sami Zayn – Braun Strowman are doing at WrestleMania. We we don't know if Finn Balor's going to be there. Damn. Yeah. Well, what do you um, think? What, what are your predictions? I, I think they could uh, slide a Sami Zayn, Samoa Joe pre-show match on there. Maybe. They have to They have to replace the Shaq Big Show thing. That's apparently gone. It's in the ether. Not happening. Uh, so I guess they're going to replace it with something. Maybe this American Alpha Usos thing is going to finally happen. Uh, that. And then, you know... I'm assuming what they're going to have to do is, is Braun like use the fact that he's not in a match with like, he like have him come out next week and demand to be put in that undertaker Roman Reigns match and have him be refused and then have him wreck shit until they make him leave the arena next week on raw. And then he comes out as a, like as a surprise, not, not announced entrance into the, into the battle Royal and have him eliminate everybody, just wreck everything. And then have him interfere in the Taker Roman match or something. Do something with him. Make him make him a part of the, the narrative. As far as Joe and Sammy, I expect them to be part of that. 
Um, but you know, I guess we'll see. Uh, the other, the other main guy from for me that I don't see on the card from SmackDown is Luke Harper. And what yeah. I would love is I would love for the the battle royal to come down between Braun and Luke, and have them. Name but, Eric who's cleared too. That's true. I don't know if he's come come back in time for that. He might. Yeah. They might hold him off. They got all these people that are like ready to go, but they're, they're just they're not holding him off for storyline reasons. But I, I would love for it to come down to, to Braun and Luke Harper at the end of that match, and just have them stare down and then work for another five minutes, just the two of them, just just beating on each other. That'd be kind of cool. And the the thing is, uh, there's a there's a there's quotes that Lucas said where he like I hate Braun Strowman. Like he's actually come out and said that, which I think is great. So like if they can, if they can find a way for Luke to jump brands during this next uh, brand draft. Luke Harper gets away from Bray Wyatt sure. for good. Bray uh, Luke Harper versus Braun Strowman would be a feud I would watch for like three months. Undertaker sat up after this. Hmm. Interesting. I, I like the finish of the show. I hope that Braun comes out with a vengeance next week. He doesn't want to be perceived as an errand boy. Right. That matters to him. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, overall, I thought it was a pretty decent Raw, but that middle like middle to end really fizzled out for me. Uh, I'll look at our podcast schedule this week. Of course, tomorrow night, we're back immediately after SmackDown with the SmackDown Live post-show podcast. Wednesday afternoon, 3 p.m. I keep saying it. If you ever want to hear a podcast with a guy who runs a wrestling site, and the eccentric millionaire who made it happen. Jimmy claims he's not an eccentric millionaire, but here's the thing. He's talking to a guy who he hired to run a wrestling site, and meanwhile, he has a cardboard cutout, life-size of Virgil, that he had paid to make with a million-dollar championship replica over his shoulder that had to be held up with fishing wire by his tech team. This was a thing that when Nigel showed up to work on a day, he said, Nigel, here's my task for you today. Construct a way for this very heavy million-dollar championship to fit on this cardboard shoulder. He does it in a studio that he had built for he and his team to do podcasts in that has a replica champ, not a replica, has a custom championship with his company's name on it. He hates it when I call him the eccentric millionaire. But I told him today, I was like, Jimmy, I think it's endearing because he started out as a guy who covered wrestling. He made it his full-time living. It was his thing. Then the dot-com bubble burst, and he made it huge in his his next career, and he circled back. He came Mm -hmm. back. He wasn't one of those people that was like, I'm too good for pro wrestling because I found success afterwards and all that stuff. He did. And not only that, he's given me everything that I need to run a wrestling site. And if there's anything he sees you guys asking for, he'll, he'll, if he sees it and I don't, he'll be like, what do you think about adding this? What do you think about adding this? He saw that some of you didn't like the forum set up, so we're rebuilding it. Uh, he's very awesome. You've got to tune into that Wednesday show. Also, uh, and we talk about the business of running the site, too, which you will not hear on any other wrestling podcast anywhere. You won't get that type of insight. Like, we dropped some bombs on there that have kind of went unnoticed. Thursday, we're here with uh, Matt Riddle. Register for early access to that. He'll talk about anything from shooting on Goldberg to whatever. Friday, Shane Helms, we... uh, we're going inside the mind of Shane Helms as we talk about his WrestleMania experiences. He has been – he's won titles there. He's been a lumberjack there. He's been in Battle Royals there. He's worked with Ric Flair there. He's been left off some shows too. Uh, we're going to talk about that and 
how he felt during some of those situations and just the process of WrestleMania. But the reason we're all here is Southpaw Regional Wrestling. We are. That was awesome. It was amazing. It was the single best piece of WWE programming that I may have ever seen. Because here's here's, here's why. Here's why. Do you like the the amount of of creativity that it takes to put together something like that where you actually see the real ideas that that some of these guys actually have that they can put put down and be creative and funny and natural and they work really well together. They're brilliant, crazy, off-the-wall ideas that Tyler Breeze, as Mr. McElroy, will not wrestle in his match against Big Bartholomew, but instead he's going to have his sea creature, who he calls Sea Creature, fight in the match for him. That's off-the-wall, not-so-brilliant. And there are only four of these things. You can watch them all together in less than a half hour. And I want a hundred more episodes. They're they're all up in the video section of Fightful.com, and they are awesome. They're they're great. It's it the, the stuff simply like 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 John Cena basically playing a thinly veiled 1978 Vince McMahon mm-hmm. called Lance Catamaran. Uh, it's it's just wonderful, all of it, and his and his broadcast partner. Fandango, <laughs> suicidally depressed Chet Cheddarfield with his terrible comb over and his in his, his tumbler of scotch. It's just ah, it's so good. Everything about it is so good. God, I loved it so much. I watched it twice, right in a row. One, two, three, four. Yeah. One, two, three, four again. It was so good. You really see the club. You see Anderson and Gallows oh, showcase so their entertainment. <laughs> if they if they could let loose, they would probably like. Here's the thing. People are always like, well, you can't always do a comedy tag team. Yeah, you can. You do it right. You can because it works. It works. You have somebody to play off of. You have all that stuff. They've got the nerds deal. They they add ski to every word, which is somehow baffling in how funny it can be when they – Right. It's, the it's is, weird. I mean, we, we kind of complained about, uh, you know, the whole thing when they were like, you know, uh, testicular doctors for a while there. Yeah. The sketches themselves were funny, but the fact that they didn't do anything out of like none of that mattered because they just went out and lost. You know what I mean? And in unceremoniously, like it kind of like it put a damper on the whole thing. So we're like, oh, they're just doing comedy. Well, if they're doing comedy and you get like to see that that facet of it, not just in the sketches, but in the ring, like allow them to have like fun spots they could like do something. But the creativity of these guys is just off the charts. The spot, the spot where Tex was blind and oh my god, Chad too bad was in his ear, and he's like, "The sound system's messed up. We're never going to compete with Vince." <laughs> sound systems are messed up. He was, and the whole thing is they couldn't. They, he started crying, and they couldn't get that audio out of the feed that that Lance Catamaran and Chet Chitterfield were hearing. Yeah, and they were just so pissed, and Lance Catamaran just kept talking about how he wanted to go back to Utica. Like, oh, Great it's stuff. So, it's so good. Guys, Fightful.com. So follow Alex at Pawlowski the fourth. Follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Of course, follow our handles at Fightful Wrestle, at Fightful MMA, at Fightful Online. Tell your friends about Fightful.com. Next week is obviously a big one for us at Fightful.com. So we would appreciate the word of mouth. Uh, we are a growing website. We're still under a year old. 
So uh, help get us the word out get, or get the word out for WrestleMania. It would be greatly appreciated. And, of course, come hang out in those live discussions. I mean, I realize a lot of you probably don't watch live play-by-play. You're watching the show. But come discuss the show on our discuss forums. Until next time, guys, we're out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.